Hi, I'm David Herskovitz, and you're listening to Light Culture, brought to you exclusively by Burb, where cannabis clothing and culture intersect. Based in Vancouver, Canada, Burb strives to build on the city's legacy of cannabis tolerance and its gift to the world, BC Bud. Follow us on Instagram, at ShopBurb, and subscribe to this podcast at shopburb.com forward slash lightculture. Even in a sea of skateboarding eccentricity, Steve Olson stands out for many reasons. If only for being designated skateboarder of the year and pissing everyone off in the process. If only for bringing punk to the skate scene and staying punk all these years thereafter. If only for being inducted into the Skateboarding Hall of Fame. If only for traveling the world as a de facto skateboarding ambassador while talking shit about the industry's corporate takeover. For all these reasons and more, Olsen, nearly 60, continues to charm, outrage, and shred with the best of them. When not boarding the park, the surf, or the snow, he's stretching out as an artist with a growing reputation for his, okay, I'll call it punk art, though I think he may not like that. Steve Olsen's views are far from predictable. He doesn't just go with the flow, a trait which can get him in trouble with friends and associates. But that's Olsen, a good-natured, good-looking guy who's been there, done that, and can get away with it because of what he's already had, lost, and moved on from. At the end of the day, you're basically lucky to be hanging with him at all. At least that's how I feel. One of his greatest creations has undoubtedly been his son, pro skater, designer, DJ Alex, who is keeping the Olsen name relevant into the 21st century. But Steve Olsen's legacy remains strong as he continues to carve his name into the history books, a player in the ever-expanding disruptive cultural landscape. So listen in as we explore the times and life of one of America's living legends. Hi, here's my guest today is Steve Olson, a legendary man for a lot of different reasons, primarily because of his important role in the history of skateboarding, for which she's this is lots of YouTube this is videos. This truly uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable, right? Well, I knew that's that why I'm doing it, but... I like to watch you squirm. <laughs> <laughs> I might faint, but... Uh, but, uh, but I didn't meet him that way, you know, So because I grew up, in another world, I grew up in Brooklyn. There was no skateboarding. I didn't know anything. I, I never really tried until my son was growing up, and he was, you know, had a skateboard. And then I sort of tried for a second, but that's about as far as I ever got. So I didn't really meet him on that level, and I don't really have, you know, the legendary man on my mind when I met him. I just met <laughs> this artist. So here was this artist showing um, in New York, and met you through. My wife, Brigitte. Yeah, yeah, no, with and, Brigitte, and Lisa, I'm trying to think of what the show The Spring Break. That's it. Art yeah. show. And so we just hit it off and started talking. And since then, I've been discovering that there's, wow, there's a lot more to this guy than meets the eye. And uh, so we're going to hear and be here and talk a little bit about that. So, you know, as I mentioned, you're an artist as far as I'm concerned, but all of the other things that you've done in life that we, you're legendary for, surfing, skating, punk rock, the transition from surf to punk, from the old to the new, and art. But I think from all of those things, you've always been super creative. So in my mind, you've always been an artist, whether you had just hadn't started actually painting or creating artwork, but you were putting it into your art form, which was skating. As I understand it, you were always super creative in that role. Skating doesn't have like a prescribed things to do Maybe more so now. But anyway, take it from there. What well, do you think? I would think, I don't know, you could see some kind of correlation between if you're skateboarding. You, let's say you're pushing down the street in Manhattan, and there's a drainage ditch, or not even a drainage, it's what I'm saying, a manhole cover. And since I'm a little older, I can, really can't ollie over the manhole cover, but I could, maybe, probably, if I tried. But you go around it. So now you're drawing a line. And you draw a line down your fall line. So when I make art, sometimes, I'm looking at the line as well. So there's some kind of a direct So I'm not far off with No, my, not at all. But you never, when you were a kid doing it, 
it was different, right? It was like, what was it? It was about, it was just something that you, I know you were a surfer first. Yeah. I mean, look at when we came into skateboarding and when I say we, it was my brother, myself, I had an older brother. I mean, I still have an older brother, but skateboarding was like surfing stepchild. So we were surfers. Skateboarding came around. The urethane wheel came in. That changed everything. I mean, we were skateboarding still then with the other wheels, but the urethane wheel came, the precision, everything was changing. Skate parks popped up, a little more consistent than Mother Nature in the ocean, blah, blah, blah. And we hung out at the skate parks. What were the skate parks like? Like the same like what today? or is it Yeah, that's the, the same. same. I mean, it was like the first skate park was built. Who knows? They chatter back and forth about which was the first one. But the first one I went to was down in Carlsbad, California. It was kind of like a, a lunar moonscape with bowls and these round lips, and it just looked really wild. And then also you can skateboard in it. That wasn't made for skateboarding? It was made primarily only for skateboarding. It was Carlsbad Skateboard Park. And that was, like, revolutionary. And then swimming pools, banks, drainage ditches, pipes, everything. And then the first cover, the first magazine came out, I don't know, 75, maybe 74. Had a picture of this cat, Greg Weaver, on the cover in a pool. It's just an iconic photograph. But then you start scouting for pools. And you find the pool. And you get to the top of the pool. Then you get better and better, and then you start flying out of the pool and come back in. You slam. You do, you not do everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just talking about back then. But so you, but yeah, I was like deeply into it. I like form, it. loved it. Form and function, right? So the form well, created the, the the moves, right? The form, I think more so. Well, the form, the style, but the commitment. Mm-hmm. And then if you know, you get to this point where you realize, oh, I actually have some skills. I'm not so bad. Oh, there's a contest. I can compete. I'm going to go smoke these motherfuckers, so let's do this. And that's like 14 or 15, there's 16, whatever, and then uh, they have a professional pool contest, and you become like this dark horse kid, but they know that you're coming for them. And then there was a whole new crop of cats on top. Yeah, and then because there always like is. the first vertical thing, yeah, it's a turn, you know, it turns over... New tricks, new guys. It's crazier now than ever. But it's it's just uh, fucking dope. Well, you have a son also who's uh, well-known in the As field, a skateboarder. Right? Yes, as a skateboarder, right? Alex Olsen. Yeah, Alex and, is a great skateboarder. But And he had you, obviously, as, as a role model, and you were tolerant of what he's doing. But you know a lot of parents freak out still when they— think that the idea that their kids are going to go and probably break a couple of bones before Yeah, tomorrow. but I mean, come on, you can go break a bone if you're playing But baseball. what about your folks, your family situation? They were cool. They were? Yeah, they were supportive. I was a jock, so it was like obvious. And I was also getting hurt all the time without skateboarding, so it it was normal. So and uh, and I saw that your son Alex was quoted about something saying how, you know, skateboarding is so different today. He compared it to basketball like in the 70s versus basketball today. But you're still skating today at the same time. So how does, and and you're, you know, pretty much up there in the senior category of this uh, division. I'm 58 <laughs> years old, so I'm almost <laughs> pushing 60. But yeah, we still skateboard. There's several of us. There's a lot of people that skateboard, but there's a lot of cats. There's a couple of us that keep skateboarding. So is this, why? Why? Just because you can or? Oh, I mean, no I don't know. Why do you want to stop if you love something and you can still do it? I mean, I figured I'll skateboard until I can't. Probably. And when will you know? That, what's that? When You'll know when you know. know. I mean, know. I think it will make itself obvious and apparent. But, uh, yeah, no, Alex was a skateboarder, but I wasn't in that scene. He came home one day from school and he said, yeah, I'm a skateboarder. I was like, that's cool. What scene is that? You mean his? his... The whole, you know, the new new school scene. I said, Okay. Let's go. Well, what's the difference between the old school scene and the new school scene? Because I'm, I'm, you know, ignorant here. Well, okay, let's say Babe Ruth is going up against Bellinger. Okay. It's different. Yeah, they're a little bit... You don't think Babe would knock more... it out of the park? Sure. I mean, I'm just using Babe <laughs> as an older cat. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, no, but you know, it's like okay. It's let's like put Reggie basketball. Jackson. Look at basketball yeah. today. No, okay, there's a, there's a couple of bas- pro basketball players I know that said that Magic and Bird would not even be able to play in today's game. Mm-hmm. And I thought, but would you be able to have played in the game back then? Mm. So who knows? But you know, it's just the way it is. It's progression. Yeah. Well, back then the the coach would sit you down if you put the ball between your legs and you're dribbling behind your back and shit. He said, "Sit down, show off." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's a little different, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, Alex came home and said, "I'm a skateboarder." I said, "Okay, cool. I got. I used to skateboard. I mean, I still skated, but so let's go on some skate trips." And then we went, and uh, next thing you know, he's. A pro skateboarder, and you saw it in him. And he's killing it. Yeah. Did you no, see it in I mean him in the he's beginning? my son. I'm not sitting there trying, like, does he have it? Does he have it? No, but you could no. tell if somebody has. Well, I could see t- yeah. what I could see is that he had the commitment, mm-hmm. and he had the passion. So that's pretty good right there. And then he started, you know, seriously skateboarding. And then, next thing you know. And it's and it's a very young sport. Oh, I, I, like you know, I tell you my stories because I wasn't sitting there judging the kid. I was just like a dad. I was a dad, and I was like supporting. I was mm-hmm. supportive, and it wasn't so hard because I'd been in the groove. I've been in the scene for so long, and uh, we were at some spot. And maybe it was twelve, thirteen. I was there with a couple of cats that I knew that were these new school kids, and they said that little kid's got a perfect kickflip, and there were like four or five kids I was driving around rolling up in San Francisco. And I said, oh, he must be talking about the other one. And I said, which one? And he said, he pointed at Alex. And I was like, that's my kid. Mm. Like, your kid's got some fucking skills. We can't cuss. Yes, you can. Oh, thank God. I yeah, I know. How could you do. go through a whole show without I couldn't. cussing, man? Yeah, but anyway, so <laughs> I said, really, Alex, come here. And he came over and I said, these are my friends, blah, blah, blah. He's like, uh-huh. I was like, let me see you do a kickflip. And he's like, get away from me. Split, went down, did a kickflip, and they're like, see what I'm talking about? And I was like, wow, that's cool. And, uh, you know, one of the other things that you're known for and is super significant in my mind is this whole idea of the punk rock, bringing punk rock into the game. Because before that, it was what, like sort of Beach Boys or it was yeah, more... That's so typical, though. No, of course no. it wasn't Beach Boys. What was it's it? crazy. It was Jan and Dean. No, <laughs> <laughs> kidding. No, but, I mean, look, at you have, like, Ted Nugent, Aerosmith, Black okay, Sabbath. So it, was, it was rock it was more and like roll the dark going. Skulls on. And yeah, it wasn't like you had, you know, it was kind of more straight hard oh, rock. That the arena rock. Yeah, it was moments. great though. I mean, Ted Nugent was on fire. Aerosmith, Toys in the Attic was out. Zeppelin. I mean, I'm not going to go through the gamut. But anyway, so I was at this first professional pool contest thing that we were in, and I remember hearing, I remember hearing Cadillac Walk by Mink Deville. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. I liked 50s and well, I, loved, I liked like music. Sort of rockabilly. A little bit, but it just had this real hardcore, like mm. just a hard groove to it. And then the Clash and the Ramones and the Pistols. And then we just, I was like, I had an older brother who was a glam guy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he saw Sally Can't Dance, Lou Reed's concert. He saw the Dolls at um, wherever they played in LA. And he saw Bowie. The, the Ziggy Stardust tour. You know, I had it. He's my next door neighbor. He's in the room next to me. Stereos were kind of oh. powerful back in the 70s. Right. And he's blasting everything from Iggy, Raw Power, to Mata Hoople, to the Dolls, blah, blah, blah. And then, but Little you T-Rex. wanted to, you did your own thing though, right? So you were. Yeah, but we, I mean, he's, you know, you have an older brother, and if your br- brother's cool, and my brother's very cool to me. As like basically was my best friend. Then let me hang around. We you know discovered things, or I, he would discover something and turn me on to it. And we kind of discovered punk rock together. Oh, so he was he, he oh, came he on right to in it, it with you. Oh yeah, hard. But also, I mean, I just mean punk rock, but also punk attitude. Well, yeah, but see, and you have I mean, that, and you still do. I mean, you're, yeah, but you have. I mean, the punk attitude is the punk attitude. I mean, did like Vic Morrow and Blackboard Jungle have a mm-hmm. punk attitude as a JD? A little bit. Sure. But, I mean, it goes on and on and on. But, yeah, we but kind of, say, it had, you know, you had this rowdy kind of new rock and roll happening. And then were you smoking weed at this time? Or what, how did, where does that fit in in your life? Weed, weed was there. Always, yeah. Yeah, but see, my sponsors were Santa Cruz Skateboards. And at the time, 
these cats were also slinging. I mean, maybe they should be talking about that, but who cares? But I remember I would be on tour, and I would always get a box of skateboards, basically, as a promotional thing, or if I needed some boards to ride, blah, blah, blah. But they always slipped in, like, a, a baggie, and it was really good weed. It's like the same kind of great weed is happening now. We called it, what we call it, purple veins. Mm. And it was strong, and, you know, but weed was cool. Yeah, but weed was... But does that sound... Weed was everywhere. Come on. The surfers smoked weed. The hippies smoked weed. Some but of that the jocks was, smoked yeah, weed. Yeah, so some of them, was that something that you felt <coughs> enhanced your performance? Or was no, it, it not at all. Or kept it separate, or how did you... I didn't want... I didn't sit there and smoke weed before my runs in a contest. I want to be focused. I probably realize now it maybe would have made me more focused, but... More focused than you thought. Yeah. You thought you were. I mean, doing look the at right some thing. of us. You know, I we were talking about it. The friends, some of my friends and I, and I said, look at. I think a lot of skateboarders have ADD. Mm. I think it comes to the fact that you have to make these quick decisions when you're in the skateboard. And so when we're riding pool, you're on one side of the pool and you're coming across the other one. You have to make this decision unless you've already got it kind of figured out. Which I never really did the same stuff twice. Whatever. Right. Because the same line, whatever it was. So you're th- you're fast thinking, and when you get done skating, Gotta you're still fast back. thinking. <laughs> and smoking some weed maybe helps, but yeah, no, I don't know. Weed wasn't that big of a deal for me back then. But now, but now it's cool. Yeah, it was cool then. Yeah, I mean, I, it seemed to me though, and I hate to be like sound like a square, but I thought it was definitely a gateway. Mm-hmm. It helped. It was a gateway for me because once because it kind of had that taboo. For a little kid. Right. I think the first time I smoked weed was in sixth grade. And it was honey oil. And it was like, okay, wow, let's try this. Then you felt cool and funny, whatever you want to call it, high. And it was like, oh, it's not so bad. And all of a sudden, someone was like, yo, here's a yellow jacket. I wasn't into pills, but here's a black beauty. It keeps you up. It's like, okay, cool. I was never a drug addict, though. I liked weed. Yeah. Here's some cocaine. Oh, here. Well, what? Uh, let me try point, this line uh, of cocaine. This whole legalization now actually takes away some of that gateway. No, no. That's why. I, that's why I brought it up is because it seems as though the, the medicinal purpose of weed is really, really strong and is there, mm-hmm. and it helps. I mean, my old man, who's 89, put CBD oil and cream and stuff, and it helps him with his ailing. Older shoulders or knees or whatever. And did he come to it by himself or is this no, something I brought you it recommended? To him. Yeah, yeah, but he likes it and it's yeah. really cool. And he comes from the generation that drugs are not. And he never smoked. Not cool. No, nothing. he smoked weed once. Yeah, no, I understand. It's it. shitty yeah. weed. I'm sure of it. But I, I want to get back to the punk rock aspect because I feel like that's your defining. Punk is dead. I'm yeah, kidding. Punk, is, punk dead. is never dead. That's the best <laughs> statement I've ever heard. No, no but look at you did the within up- the punk rock thing. Look, I've heard the music. Yeah, and I like Chuck Berry. I like Bill Haley and the Comets. I like the Stones. I like Creedence. What I mean, it goes on. Even the Beach Boys. Everything was kind of based off of three chord stuff, to a point. And then uh, I like the girl bands. And then uh, you heard this new wave, well, this new music, new wave, punk rock, whatever you want to call it. And it was like, A, it looked cool. The music was great. And there was mad energy behind it. And all the freaks were into it and all the squares and all the other people weren't really into it yet. And we came into it late. But you, you know, but the politics of punk rock, which was like a rejection of a lot of the corporate world, you know, let's say giving the example of the Sex Pistols, you know, and their, their battles with their record labels and The Clash had similar uh, attitude as well. And I feel like that was a big part of who you are, right? The way you re- reacted to the world. Let me give you this example. This well, I was, just, I, was example. Just, I was just going to say, though, like with skateboarding and what you just said about the whole political thing, I don't, not political, but within skateboarding, Back then, there were some skate parks, there were drainage ditches, there were pools. People didn't really want you in there, except for in the controlled skate park things. So you're always getting hassled, telling, ah, you can't do that, get out of here, you're worthless. Aren't you too old to play on that toy? And it was like, really? No. 
I happen to make a living off this toy. Mm. I happen to be a world champion right now. Now, how about this? I can kick your ass, too. <laughs> I wasn't into fighting, but... Always good to have throw that in there, though. <laughs> well, I mean, look at not all, everyone, but... Yeah. You know, you have some guys screaming at you and just like, yo, dude, please settle down. We'll bounce. We'll leave. Get away from me. <laughs> You're skinny. But, you you know, you have that legendary we'll story, right, of the 79, 1979, which is also like a big year in punk, right? 79. Yeah, big year in punk. Was it? Yeah, sure. That the, the Pistols had just did their Broke tour, up. right? Right after Wonderland. that, California, right? Did their last show, right? Sid Vicious and then you know that whole thing was popping in New York right. at the Chelsea Hotel, and you were skater of the year, skate skateboarder of the year, right? Right. Then, but I think that was '78. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that's yeah. even better. Yeah, that's even it's more punk rock. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was '79, probably when this ceremony went down, but it was four '78. But, but yeah, you know, no. But look, you, at, the way you I was behaved totally in, at that show I was totally, legendary. You showed up really like, looking in, like a clown. I Which I think is a think great, looked a like cool a clown whatsoever. Today. That is so unfair <laughs> to say. You only see one picture. <laughs> but look at the fashion behind punk rock was great. I mean, we had what? We had happy days happening. Fonzie was kind of cool, and he was a greaser with a leather jacket and blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, yeah, I just like the fashion aspect of it. And the dressing up of it, and the music, and but then when you received the award, when I put my when I got the award, look, I had on a dinner jacket, a white dinner jacket, a la James Bond, not Sid, but then we had some friends, whatever, broken into a bondage store, and I nipped some leather trousers from them, and I had on some black shirt, but I had a polka dot tie that I bounced, I grabbed from my old man, and I had these really cool shoes, but they're a little too small, but you know. Fashion doesn't feel pain. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and we were a little bit buzzed. I think it was 17, whatever. But all the other cats were like, you know, oh, you're queer. It's like, yo, I'm with this blonde chick. Mm. Like, I have an earring. I cut my hair. I was in. I liked it. I loved it. I dug the whole thing. And then, you know, people are like, oh, Devo, hey. You know, they always wanted to challenge you. And it was just like, yo, dude. I'm down, let's do this if you want to keep insulting me. But so the skateboarder thing is happening. Everyone's like a dinner, some drinks, some stuff. And then uh, I think top 10, they start calling the names. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even make the top 10. So you didn't know yet. No, not at all. So they just all see. Yeah, and it's like, well, I didn't make the top 10. That's weak. And then got down to the top five and was like, no way, I made top five and make top ten. There's no way. And they got down to number one, no, three, two. And they're like, yo. And I was like, damn, I think maybe. You're it. Well, I won, right? But yeah. not going in there thinking, oh, yeah, I'm winning. But at the same time, my friend at the time, Tony Alva, who's like really, I thought was really an awesome guy. He's kind of like the Muhammad Ali of skateboarding, two point. <laughs> but he got second. He had won it the previous year, which was the first year. But he was pissed, and he threw his trophy in the trash. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, you know, sorry. That was before they announced sorry. you? Sorry. No, yeah, well, no. After. He got second, so he went up, grabbed his trophy, and threw it in the trash. Uh -huh. And then I got mine, but I was a little buzzed, and I was a little bit over it. But I was totally excited inside. I was really psyched that I, this happened. But I remember, <laughs> I remember though, they were like, you know, they want you to make a speech, and it was obviously not comfortable to make a speech. So instead, I kind of spit at some of the camera dudes <laughs> and picked my speech, nose and flicked some boogers at them. But it was just like kind of fun, though. It was like punk rock. making it was fun. Not, it wasn't that like what we call angry. Punk rock because you I wasn't wanna... angry, though. I was like, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> did people realize that? They didn't, no. no. They, but they do. But they didn't. They wanted it to be, like, more professional. And at the same time, like, cut to the aftermath. They're like, oh, the two dudes that are our top guys in the sport are terrible representation of what we want. But the kids were like, yes, these dudes are telling them to fuck off. 
Tell and me who the fuck off. The, the industry, all the dudes that are controlling the shit. The people who give the awards. The, well, yeah, whatever, but the kids just dug it. So isn't that like punk and rock? Opened, like yes, it opened says, it up for them. And it was like, it wasn't just only punk rock. It was like, just do what you want, to be who you want to be. We just were punk rockers. But that changed the game, right? Didn't that? <laughs> I don't know if it did, I but it like certainly it changed. It's really important. It yeah. changed something. Yeah, because when you say you're not political, to me, these actions are political in, in a different way, right? Look, at, yeah, but when I use that word political, it... We're not... You we're, don't mean like we're, Yeah, well, no, that's what I mean. Cultural When politics. I hear that, well, no, yeah, it was very political in that sense, but... Yeah, so that's why I'm talking about it. So what about the professional skateboarding? Because you're obviously in that world, but you know that there's something is not that cool about it, and meanwhile you've watched it. No, everything was cool about it, but there was a part of it that, you know, there were just greedy cats trying to make, a you know, a margin off it. And you had And they didn't get it, though. They didn't get it. That's what was kind of frustrating. And uh, coming from where I came from and within the time zone, or that period of time, we made skateboards. We had shop classes. We knew how to produce things to a point, build, you know, they were teaching you to have crafts. You had metal shops. You had plastics. And then you see these guys making stuff, and they're clueless. And they just happen to be at the right place at the right time on a couple of deals. And then they tell you you don't know what you're doing. And you're just like, yo, we do know what we're doing. But you're the manufacturer. You're producing it. They couldn't do it. But, you know. But you skateboarding still, was awesome. The whole thing was amazing. Totally. But come on, you got to have today, something. today, how do you feel up. about you it gotta today? Be, you got to have something to be a little pissed off about. Yeah, yeah, but how about Somehow. today? It's going into the Olympics, right? Be, yeah, we wanted to go in the Olympics then. Yeah. I wanted a gold medal. <laughs> I mean, I'm a jock, kind of. Not kind of, totally. But I think it's great. I just, I dig how skateboarding is. I mean, it's progression. Well, you've seen it go from... Yeah, but for our time... Up and down, up and down. So, okay, so for an example, it's okay, it's mid-70s to late-70s, it's on a boom. It's Everything is going through the roof. There's things happening. Products are coming. They're advanced in equipment. And then all of a sudden, come like 79, 80, it dies. 81, it's dead. And so you're sitting there and they're asking you, you're an 18-year-old, what are you going to do with your life? It's just like, wow, what do you mean what am I going to do with my life? I just got done winning some things. Uh, I was a professional skateboarder. I still am. What do you mean what am I going to do? And I was like, well, you got to figure it out. So it wasn't, it wasn't quite the same as it was now in that sense, but it died. So you had to figure out what you're going to do with your life. So what did you do? I picked up bass. Bass? Yeah, Guitar. and kept surfing and kept skateboarding. When did you do your, your, your stint as a hustling orange juice futures? <laughs> when it was really flat. <laughs> <laughs> did you try to be legit at some point? Um, I tried to, I, you know, you had to get a job. Right. And I remember I was playing with the, this rock and roll group thing, the Joneses, and we had toured the East Coast, basically New York and Jersey. I don't think we went to Boston, but either way. But we're here in 82, and skateboarding was dead. didn't really matter, but it was really, really amazing. And then I remember we split, came back. They were going to go on another tour, and I was like, I'm not going on tour with these dudes. They don't get it. They're not trying hard. They're lazy. So I quit, but I saw I saw a guy who is this whatever wackadoo, but he paddles out in the lineup surfing with these Mickey Mouse glasses, and it's like, yo, paddle away, Escalante's on his way out here. We'll get, <laughs> just get as far away from this nut job as possible. Anyway, he catches up, he says, "What are you doing now?" And I was like, "Oh, we're selling pagers, beepers," and he was like, "Oh, I'm doing I'm commodity broker." Made about three hundred fifty grand last year on silver, the Hunt Brothers. I was like, oh, all right, cool. It's like, come in, meet these guys. I think you could be good if you could do anything you did with skateboarding and this. And I was like, yeah, I'll come meet them. 
But my father's a salesman. Mm. Like, you know, he went to college and became a salesman. Like a hardcore salesman. Not a bad guy, but, you know, has a degree in sales. So I kind of understand sales. And so I, I said to the band, fuck you, I quit. You guys are lame. I waited to get my Series 7. And I became a commodity broker. And it was flat, the markets, but I was really, I was completely in the... You could get into it, right? I liked the head, action. Because you love the competition, I liked too, that, right? too, but I also liked the action. Because you're sitting there, and you have the ticker board, and mm-hmm. it's going. Yeah. But it's it adrenaline. I think you're like yeah, an adrenaline junkie. Could Is be. That part of it? <laughs> but I was excited, and you could hear it in my voice. And, you know, I'd had a little warm-up with beepers and all of that. But I was thinking, wow, this is incredible. The company makes money, I get my commission, and my clients make money. It's a pretty cool win-win situation as far as I was concerned. Cut to, whatever, six months later, and all the contracts are flat and worthless. And I think, wow, this isn't so cool. Then I moved up to... (laughs) (laughs) I moved to San Francisco, because this other cat had this, uh, this program that took the highs and lows and gave you, like, you know... Your buy point. And, but there was no movement in the market. Right. Yeah, it was dead. Nothing, yeah. You know, we were coming into a hard recession. Yeah. So anyway, I quit. <laughs> I was over it. And then what happened to skating then? So then it came back. Skating came back again. In uh, what, the late 80s? Like the mid-80s, it started to see a little resurgence. And I started a company with this company again. But it was called SOS. It was kind of like Save Our Souls or whatever it was. And that was going well. That too. Okay. (laughs) Or Skate or Surf. (laughs) Or whatever. But I had, like, obviously had a little more knowledge and wisdom. And I wanted to do these things. But the guy said, no, you you know, you don't know anything. And it's the same cat I was dealing with back in the late 70s. And I was like, no, dude, you know, from here on out, you're really obviously fucking clueless. I presented, he said, this is what I'll do. I'll give you a, a salary, which wasn't much, and two boards, meaning two models, an advertising campaign. And I was like, okay, anything than to sell commodities. <laughs> right, at that point. <laughs> we were skating, so I was living in SF, and we were skating a lot, and we were cruising the streets quite a bit, like over in Petrero Hill. It was beyond fun. And I thought, oh, skateboarding's definitely going to, there's going to be another generation of kids rolling through. Cut to, I do the ads. I live with the guys at uh, the editor and the, one of the publishers from Thrashin, Thrasher. Like, you know, we're all friends forever, but I'm living with them. But I say, I don't tell them, but I'm going to advertise in this other magazine, Transworld. It's like two different markets. But these are my friends that I live with, and they're like, I can't, we can't believe you're actually fucking took an ad in Transworld. I was like, honey, I can't believe you didn't pay me any money for something I invented for you that you're going to make billions of dollars off of. But who's going there? But it's a it's business. Transworld is Transworld, covers Southern California, Thrasher's Thrash, and covers everywhere. Anyway, cut to... <laughs> cut to... Uh, Getting kicked out of the house. <laughs> almost. Yeah. No, cut to a trade show. Let's say I'm 23 now. At the trade shows, then we had, they were really super fun. We would, you know, see all your friends. The San Diego. Crazy. Like, this one is in Long Beach. A Long Beach, okay. So I get to Long Beach, whatever. We're having fun, cruising around, getting crazed. All of a sudden, someone tracks me down and says, "Yo, there's a guy at the booth from Nordstrom's," and I'm like, "All right, cool." He wants to see you. I was like, "Oh, all right." So I go over there. The story's a little bit conver- whatever. Anyway, there's this old dude, the sales manager, the cat that I really didn't dig. And he's trying to push the Nordstrom cat onto Santa Cruz. And the Nordstrom dude's like, yo, I don't really care about Santa Cruz. Not that it's bad or whatever, it doesn't matter. But I really like this SOS thing. So I come up and he's like, oh, hi, Steve, I've been following this, da 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 da. We want to give you section in all of our stores. I think they had eight stores in the Pacific Northwest. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, cool. Like, well, let's talk about this. So he has projections, and they're obviously need whatever products. 
And it's basically the same list I'd presented to the guy prior, one of the owners. He told me I had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, that's cool. And he had, you know, forecast projections, blah, blah, blah. So the first year was maybe a quarter of a million dollars. Second year was close to millions. Third year, blah, 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 blah. It was like, wow, this is going good. This is attractive. Yeah. It wasn't about the money, but I mean, if you're working you want to and you succeed. can get paid, that's fine. You're competitive, you want to win. Always. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> get that out Not there. Always. But yes. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing it for? Besides the love. Anyway, so what it cut to, guy's excited, I'm excited, Santa Cruz is excited, but they're also a little jealous. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're like fucking jealous. They're jealous that here's this dude, here's this guy who is from Southern California, and there's a rap between Southern California and Northern California, NorCal, SoCal. I don't think anybody in SoCal really thinks too much of NorCal, like Yo, it's Northern California. It's beautiful. But NorCal hates Southern California. Like, whatever. That's your problem, not ours. But these dudes were a little bit, like, you know, they were jealous. Like, why is his thing going to go and these people don't want the red dot? And I was like, wow. And here's the same cat I was working with. I mean, you know, maybe I was a little bit naive about how to do business completely. And... uh they were like, oh, we sold the booth to this woman in Fresno. We need someone to drive the booth. And I was like, oh, I'll drive it. Fuck it. You know, it's cool. I'll drop it off, and I'll meet you guys in Santa Cruz in the morning. So I drop it off. The lady says, hey, I bought other booths. Can you put? Can you carry that? I was like, yeah, babe, I'm not a courier. I'll take Santa Cruz stuff, drop it. She's like, can you take my kids? I was like, honey. All night drive, I'm probably going to do some blow, probably drink a little bit, smoke mm-hmm. some weed. I don't think it's cool to bring your kids along. The kids, their eyes are, like, bugged out, thinking, y'all let us go. <laughs> and I'm like, no, man, I, you can't make me, like, be responsible for your kids. Anyway, I get to Santa Cruz the next day, in the morning early, and I think, I'm exhausted. I'm going back to SF where I'm living. We'll deal with it in the next couple of days. Well, this woman calls up, the accountant woman, and she says, and she really, I didn't dig her at all. She said, oh, send this is Beryl. And I was like, yeah, I know. Well, do you really want to work here? She had no idea what happened down in Long Beach. Do you really want to work at Santa Cruz? I mean, we had a meeting this morning. I was like, I was there. Nobody was fucking there. So I came home because I just worked the weekend for you. Uh, do I want to work there? I, no, not really. I think guys are a bunch of goons. Clueless, and no, I don't. And I think you're a fucking fat pig piece of shit that cooked the books back in the day when I had a lot of boards going through, and you guys didn't pay me because you're crooks. I hung up on her, and I just thought, wow, I'm not going to let this cat make another penny off me. Hmm. So then the uh, punk rock comes then back the fucking, again. Yeah, no stupidity. But uh, <laughs> the dude, the the sales manager calls me up. And he says, Olson, what's going on? What's wrong with you? I said, there's nothing wrong with me. You're just a goon, whatever. Don't call my phone ever again. It's like, you don't have to work here. I was like, I don't want to work there. I just explained that to Burl pretty simply. And I don't care about SOS. You guys never got it. You could never produce anything we presented back in the day. Why do you think you're going to do it now? Blah, blah, blah. I hung up on him. Then the R&D kid called me up who couldn't do anything. He said, oh, Olson, it's me, Tim. I was like, Timmy, come on. Stop. Click. Then the owner called up. He said, Olson, what, don't blow it. And I was like, I'm not blowing it. I just don't think I want to see you make another penny off me. And I hung up. I sent him a telegram, said, no, no, season's still, whatever. Can't, don't have the right to use my name. He sent back in the, another telegram to me. Said, I registered SOS. I own it. And I was just like, there's the proof in the pudding. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, of course you own it because you're a crook. It's like, whatever. And I walked. Honk rock, man. I walked from the deal. <laughs> it was great. Cool. Yeah. So what year was that? 83, 84. Oh, okay, perfect. So then New York, so then you came back so to New York. So look, if I had gone with SOS, I would never have had Alex. Uh-huh. 
So it all kind of works out in the wash. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's way better than some company. But I like the company. It was cool. But I want to talk a little bit about New York. We love New York. At the end of that, you know, because in 92 or so, New York had a skateboarding explosion. Because even— In 92 it did? Well, it's sort of because we had the alleged gallery— which one? Alleged the Aaron. Oh, Rose. Sorry. alleged. <laughs> which alleged? Sorry. Sorry. Beautiful losers. You know. Yeah, group. great. I'm not into that group. Okay. Yeah, that that I'm not good with that. I mean, I like some of the artists, but I don't like all of them. Right, man. Well, but I mean, come on. We're to. from. We're from. I'm from the um, day of skateboarding and what skateboarding is and blah blah blah. And those but guys are just. Look at. I would lived in New York. I was a skateboard messenger back in eighty eighty five, before I got a bike. So I was rolling around with the red bag, delivering shit on my skateboard. After making this movie thrashing, I thought, oh, I'll go figure out how the acting world works. See how that thing is, and went did some class bullshit. But so I was skateboarding in New York. I was fresh from West Coast. And there was nobody skateboarding. In New York. A couple guys, you know, there were a couple cats, Harry Jumanji, some dudes. There was, you know what I mean? It was very small. I shouldn't say nobody because that's not true. But it was a very small thing, a couple of cool places. But so then when they say, oh, yeah, skateboarding in New York, we're the first guys to be the skateboarders. Well, there's cats, Andy Kessler, all these other dudes, some of these York guys. There were tons of dudes that used to skateboard. I mean, New York, they were skating in the 70s. So these cats saying in the 92s, this Aaron Rose dude, oh, yeah, we're, the, we're responsible for skateboarding in New York. Go fuck yourself. How's that sound? Well, how about— You want to get punk rock? Can't stand that kind of bullshit. What about Supreme? Because that They're was a part Supreme. of the same moment. Look right? at— I don't know. It was. I, I don't know Sup- the birth of Supreme. Supreme opened just around that same time. As Look at I can get pissed 90s, about that too because 90s. it just looks as though the homeboy just straight ripped off Barbara Kruger. Well, that was for step one, maybe. Well, that's fine. But Lots then, happened since then. But uh, that's fine, but let's go from the get go. So if you're paid. stealing, if you're stealing from one person, you kind of have this thought process. Oh, well, they paid I'll, her back afterwards. You oh, know, they made bullshit. a deal. They did. I don't believe it. I talked to her. You did? Yeah. She's pissed still? No, she doesn't care. I don't care, but I just think, all right, you're showing your true colors, but I didn't think it was so great, and I didn't think retail was like where it was supposed to be going. But it is, and it's what it is, and it's totally cool. And I like, but, I like that whole world. I but like also, Supreme, but, but I don't like some of the shit they does. But the art and, and skating, like, really came together as, at least as far as I was aware, as something, to, you know, it brought it together. It wasn't two separate things. And it turned out that there were a lot of people who were skating were actually really good artists and were, you know, having a chance to, to make art. I know you were one of the first to actually use a skateboard as a, a art medium, right, to put art on it? Or to I don't know. We did graphics. Oh, graphics. Okay. But used it as a, a canvas in some ways, right? I don't know about that. No? Okay. I think I would give that to other cats. My brother was a great artist. and I mean, he's still a good artist, but he was also a great airbrusher. And he did the first, my first What's his graphics, name? Bucky. Hmm. His real name is Mark Randolph Olson, the great. No, but um, then you had this dude, Wes Humpson, some cats that were doing some of the Dogtown stuff. I mean, there were so many cats rolling through. So, I mean, you know, whatever. But it's true, though, isn't it, that the Orange County guys, like your team and your group and versus the Dogtown? No. Dogtown got all the, you know, has the No, not as, at all. Starting Oh, no, well, yeah, well, they had, they had Stasic. They also came from that area where there was like, you know, you have Hollywood and you have, right. there's film, there's yeah. people shooting, there's photographers, more so than like, let's say, in Seal Beach or Long Beach. Right. Or in San Diego. I mean, San Diego probably had more dudes doing that kind of thing. But, I mean, Huntington had their own thing going on, whatever. But, you know, but origin no. stories are always like something that people argue about, you know, who did what first, who... Does it? Like, yeah, but that's fine. And then you realize later in life, doesn't matter the way they are. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it does matter, but I mean, I'm not, it's I can, impossible I to really I can, know I can the really answer talk that. shit, but that's not what I'm interested in doing. But yeah, I know it was happening. You know, great. 
alleged, allegedly we started to bring skateboarding to New York. Well, they didn't necessarily bring skateboarding, but they, they brought, brought art, skateboarding and art, art together. Skateboarding and skateboard art on skateboards for whatever right. that's worth, and and a scene. Most yeah, of all, it was I mean, a scene. Look at that. That's the point. That what I, is what is art on skateboard? Is it a graphic or is it a piece of fine art that they use art of the skateboard as their canvas? I, I don't know. I think it's a graphic, and, but at, at that time, though, it right, was, but okay. So you drew. You, let's say David does a does a painting on a skateboard. That, well, it's a multiple. Depends, I guess. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, you know, they were doing art on skateboards in the sixties. I was just fascinated because for me, I didn't. You know, it was a revelation to find out that these kids who. Skating the streets and, you know, looked like the the dregs of the city. Nobody wanted to have, you know, they were like at the bottom end of the totem pole as far as what was going on, you know, as they considered, you know, the image of the skateboarder was never like really great, right? And Is it now? Um, I don't know. Maybe not A little bit now, more, I guess. I don't know. I'm asking. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's, it wasn't. And then to suddenly find them like, oh, my God, all these like amazing kids that they're actually – interested in art they're making these things they're making movies they're you know photography they're doing all these I'm totally look at I'm totally into that it's and like I a back subculture it completely that has cool. it's a subculture that has another subculture on top or a hidden subculture within yeah but I mean look at again I'm an older dude yeah so to see it and to see him say, oh, my God, can you believe it? It's just like, yeah, of yeah, course, dude, we've been there. Doing we've been it doing it. Too. We were making films when we weren't even skateboarders because of having a brother that was smart and taking photographs. But it wasn't like that was what it was all about then. So then when you see the hype starts to happen, it's going. Well, you know, obviously, we're going to we stay are on now. this. <laughs> but also your art, because you mentioned, you said, and it's, I don't know how true it is, but I was, you know, researching you and saw some YouTube videos where you said you, uh, ma you made more money on art than on skating. That's so true. Really? Yeah. That's good. That and <laughs> acting. And acting. <laughs> well, I mean, doing the commercial, I made lots of money in that world because it was easy. And they pay well, right? Well, they used to pay really well. They still pay pretty good, but I mean, yeah, I mean, well, we made... I made more money in the art than being like a number one skateboarder. Right, but you could have. It's you a just decided. Sign of the times. Well, yeah, but I was really down with the SOS thing. Yeah, the ideas were really down. Yeah, well, it could bring it back, man. Yeah, but see, I had gone. I had come to New York. I had gone around. I had like had these influences. I had the punk rock and the clothing thing and and new wave, whatever you want to call it. And I was trying to intertwine it within skateboarding and. Fashion. Ahead of your time, man. People. Now, I don't know about that, but yes. <laughs> the fact of the matter, this dude told me, no, you don't know what you're doing. It was the same dude who told me, you cannot make money selling a T-shirt. And I was just like 16, and I was like, what are you talking about? Do you see Hang Ten? Do you see Golden Breed? These are companies. How about OP? They are. They can. You don't know how to. But don't tell me you can't, because I know we could. And then you look at now. Hello, yeah. That Thrasher. Yeah, that T-shirts alone, right? Yeah, whatever. It's all good, but I just don't like good. that. Okay, so tell me this. So I saw you. One of your pieces that you did was called Hanging. Oh, that was funny. What's that all about? So you were literally hanging? Or well, what, it was, was supposed a, to. It was supposed. <laughs> I saw a picture of it. it oh, I liked it so much. No way. Come on. That was just like stunt work. <laughs> but it was manipulation, but it was done and a, well, whatever. What were you it saying? wasn't what was done on the computer. So just so, so the idea Look, so what, like the, what it meant, what hanging meant, what hanging meant was it, it had a subtitle. It, said, it was just called Hanging. Basically, meaning in my in my thought of what it meant was, it said hanging, meaning like we're hanging, hanging out. Can't we all get along? Kind of taking off a little bit of Rodney King, but oh, uh, oh god, but what you call it? But yeah, and then there was like all kinds of mixes of people, and but they're looking at this dude hanging, which I did was the dude, and I shot it with Michael Hall's band, and it was I really dug it. I did another series with Michael that we haven't done yet. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, I like him. It's kind of along the same lines, but the hanging one was really cool because then it blew it up really big. Not huge, but, but what, big it enough. Was it a figure that was... Uh, it was just... Uh, stuffed, uh, no, no, I was hanging. And yourself, I had, that's what I... Yeah, think. yeah, yeah, just hanging with a noose around my neck. But uh, look, at that's cool. we had cables on the back going up the rope. Come right, on. no, It was a little bit of trickery yeah, involved. Yeah, no doubt. But then, you know, we positioned people, and so mm. there was like, you know, a couple of black chicks, a couple of... Uh, Middle Eastern people, a couple of like younger kids, combinations. Johnny Edwards is one. No, oh, is But his friend Richard, I forget Richard's last name, but it was just dope. And it was basically saying, yo, can't we all just chill? Can't we all just hang? It's kind <laughs> of like. Love it. I'd do you know what I mean, though? It, that's like what that. it was all about, was like, obviously we can't. That's why the hanging represents mm. the obvious answer. Mm-hmm. But I also did a piece one time. It said something, I forget exactly, but it was something about, like, what if the whole world was smiling? I know this is probably impossible, but what the energy would be like. <laughs> it would be insane if everybody was cool. Everybody would think is everybody crazy. was cool. If what? Everybody was crazy. <laughs> well, that's like already obvious. Around. Let it go. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. That's what that one was. That's what hanging was. But I liked hanging. Yeah, it's a great piece. People were I pissed. They were pissed. Some flying. were a little pissed, like, yo, dude, that's not cool. You're like, you're promoting suicide. It's like, you're no, an idiot. Get out of here. No, I'm telling you. I mean, there's always people getting upset about something. And I really wanted to just do a show and have the pieces and then hang in the middle of the show and just sedate myself so I'm knocked out so I don't have to deal with the cable pulling on me. But so I'm just hanging through the show and they're like, they to kill himself or not. I love it. That looks like <laughs> that a commentary so about the funny. art, about uh, the artist, you know, in the art world. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like Chris yeah. Burden. Yeah. He was dope. Yeah. They shot Rest himself. Peace. And then, yeah, because that <laughs> Yeah, but he didn't shoot him. himself to kill himself. No. He just shot himself to prove that it can be done. Yeah. I think I was even there for that. Piece. Oh, you really? Yeah. I like that. So, huh? But I also like a couple of his other things I read about. I got to meet him one time, but he was kind of, he mm. seemed very cool. But there was the one, I think he was doing a show in Germany, and we'll be quick with it, but there's like the room, and then there's this uh, the stand, and it has a sign that says artist, and it's like some tower, and it, is he up there or nothing or not, whatever. And I think he had some cameras positioned, and then all these collectors and all the people, all the... People came to the show, to the opening, were all ushered in to this room. And then all of a sudden he came up from behind and he closed the door and he hammered the door shut. <laughs> so they couldn't get out. I love it, genius. And he wasn't up there, but it was like great. That's anyway, so cool. I like that kind of thing. So. Thank you very much, Steve Olsen, <laughs> yes, for giving up your, up your beautiful day. Your time is up. It's time. It's an hour. You should be at, uh, you know, surfing somewhere. Like I just got back from there. Surf City, baby. I know. Enjoy. I will. So okay. glad to see you again. I Thank hope you. this wasn't boring for you. Wasn't boring for me. Hope it wasn't boring for you. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to Light Culture. Brought to you exclusively by Burb, where cannabis clothing and culture intersect. Please follow us on Instagram at ShopBurb and subscribe to this podcast at ShopBurb.com forward slash Light Culture, as well as iTunes and all the regular distribution platforms. <laughs> <laughs>